Welcome to this week 10 edition of Bruce Monin's Computer Points. I'm Bruce Monin, your host, recording from the home studio in Minster, Ohio, home of those eight and two and number five seated Minster Wildcats. And once again, checking in from the greater Cincinnati area, home of the two and five Cincinnati Bearcats, 32 to 29 losers to Baylor last weekend. We have our co-host, executive producer, and Chief Researcher, Rebecca Monin. Yep, always happy to be here. Happy to share in the misery that is Cincinnati football. Thought we were done and crushed, and then we got our hopes up, and then they went down again. Yes, they did. Our Bearcats visit 5-2 and two Oklahoma State next weekend. That does not sound good. It doesn't sound good. Also, back by popular request, and that would be from my wife, Deb, we have Tyler Stevie here to update us on the Minster Boys golf team, of which I am a proud alumnus. Howdy, Tyler. Hey, how's it going? It's going well. Well, unless I'm watching a UC football game, it's going well. Yeah. Yeah, I watched a little bit of that. That was kind of rough. But <laughs> We lost the coverage for like five minutes right after we scored a touchdown. And when we came back, the other team had scored twice. So that was so how that was, went. So it was your fault. It was bad uh, luck sure. when you lost the coverage. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll take, I'll take the blame for that one. Not our special teams coordinator or our defense. So back to Tyler here, besides being a uh, helper for the Minster football team, who I rely on on Friday nights. He is also a member of the Minster golf team who just finished competing at the state tournament. Finished number six, if I remember right. Is that correct, Tyler? Yeah, we did. We were in third place going into the second day, and the rain got to us, I think. Or did the uh, weather, I believe it was kind of wet, wasn't it? Yeah, it was It was a rough condition day. We, we were hitting in the rain the whole entire day to start out for a round. So that was rough. So as a member of the golf team myself, I can remember four glorious trips to the sectional golf tournament before we were eliminated. What's it feel like to go to state? Well, when you first step on and you look in the fairways, uh, you see about 15 feet high bunkers. And I kind of sat there. I'm like, I better not go into those. And actually, first hole of the day, I went into the bunker three times. (laughs) <laughs> yeah not ideal but it happened so must have been thinking about them too much yeah definitely <laughs> back in my day nobody wanted to be on the the number one golfer because there were people watching you when you teed off so i always did it and my first tee shot was never long and straight it usually went about 45 degrees in <laughs> one direction or the other <laughs> that's what happened so I was the five man and usually the one man goes off first, but this during state, they flipped it around and I was the first one. I'm like, great in front of the whole crowd. Did you know they were going to do that? No, not at all. Until I got up there and everyone's cheering for me. I'm like, Oh boy, I better not mess (laughs) up. Oh geez. Another question I have for you, Tyler. I know you were on the football team for the first two years in high school. I'm assuming you must have played a lot of golf during that time anyway. I can't imagine you just switched to golf and suddenly learned how to be a state meet type golfer. 
Uh, well, usually I'd probably play like five times every summer. And then actually I started golf last year, the day before tryouts. Nice. Played around a nine and then was like, all right, let's go try out for the team. Now I feel really bad because I, <laughs> I golf more than that. And I didn't do anywhere near that good. Although my freshman year in high school, I did play 10 rounds of golf in my life before going out for the team and I lettered, but we were bad. I mean, I did one summer training camp in junior high and decided that was enough for me. So you've got me beat <laughs> at the very least. At least you tried. Yeah, it was a lot of being outdoors and I don't typically enjoy that. I still have your set of golf clubs here in the attic too, by the way, in case you ever take up the game again. It seems unlikely. <laughs> I really hope we got those at like a garage sale and didn't spend like full price money on them. Yes, we got it from the neighbors at a garage sale. So Good. So we brought Tyler back here with us because we are going to preview the first round of the playoffs here this week. As you know, we often go through and make our own predictions about all the games. There are just too many games to do that for this week. So we're just going to give a rundown of all the games involving the teams in our West Central Ohio coverage area. And if we spot something that looks like an upset in the making, we'll jump in and let you know. Does that sound good, Tyler? Yep, that's perfect. All righty. Now, we're going to start first. If you remember, we had a quiz last week. <laughs> it's starting to feel like we're giving our listeners homework. <laughs> well, apparently they all thought so because nobody answered the quiz. <laughs> I'm, I'm not surprised. <laughs> our quiz was... Name the highest combined point total in a game in the 2019 season in Ohio. And the answer was, in week five, Ada beat Delphus Jefferson 74-70. to 70. I have no idea how you rack up that many points in one game. You yeah, score uh, 21 touchdowns. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless there were some field goals in there. It might have only been 20. I don't know. If you're hitting... Touchdowns, what, every minute or less? I don't think you need to really need to worry about hitting field goals. Let's see. 48 minutes in a game, 21 touchdowns. Every that's two. A, every two some minutes? That's pretty uh Two and a quarter minutes. <laughs> I wouldn't worry too much about setting up a field goal. Yeah. I could just see the defensive coordinator now. The team comes off. You held them to a field goal. Way to go, guys. Yes. Yeah. We're going to kick their butt now. <laughs> As a oh, fan, baby. what do you think? Are you excited or are you like worried with that many touchdowns? I'd say the answer is yes. Yeah. There's probably a lot of really good offensive plays. There's also yeah. probably a lot of really, really, really terrible defensive ones. What do you say we dive right into these playoff games? I should have counted up how many there are on the list, but there's a bunch of them. So we'll go with that. Give me a minute. Time for the Jeopardy music. <laughs> 44, not including eight men, 47, including them. All right. So we have 47 games to preview. Yeah, we're not going to predict all of those. <laughs> I kept thinking I was done counting, and then I hit Division 7, and I was not done. Well, we are going to start up at Division 1, because that's what we always do. We are creatures of habit. Yeah. Our first game, the number three-seeded, Eight and two Finley is hosting number 14 seed three and seven Olentangy Liberty. 
Olentangy? That sounds wrong. Olentangy? <laughs> you would know no, like, better than we would. Yeah, you would think. That Liberty team from around Columbus. Anyway, Finley comes into the game with 147% more computer points. The computer, and as I say computer in this thing every time, I mean from Drew Pasteur's Fantastic 50 website, which I think he sneaks computer time off the University of Worcester computer system, but I don't know that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the computer says Finley is an 11-point favorite with a 72% chance to win. I will let you all know, reading online, a bunch of posters from the Olentangy, Dublin, Hilliard area seem to think Liberty has a good chance of pulling the upset. I would disagree personally. But. Yeah, I agree. I've I've watched Finley this year play. They're pretty good. That's good enough for me. <laughs> I have not seen Finley play this year, but I have seen their results, and I agree. They seem like they're going to be a pretty good team to me. So. I like Finley. Moving down to Division Two, Region Eight. We're going to start with Troy. They are the number two seed. They are nine and one. They are hosting the fifteen seed Riverside Stebbins, who is four and six. Troy has two hundred and seventy-eight percent more computer points. That's a bunch. Yeah. The computer says Troy will win by thirty-three points and have a ninety-eight percent chance of winning the game. And by the way, just for your reference. In week eight, Troy beat Stebbins 35 to nothing. It's usually a pretty good indicator of the way the game's going to go. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not feeling an upset in that one. No. Next game in this region, Lima Senior finished with the number seven seed this year and an eight and two record. They are hosting the 10 seed Xenia, who is five and five. As a higher seed, of course, Lima Senior has more computer points, 55% more. The computer likes Lima Senior by four points. Tight game with a 60% chance to win. Now, we do have one common opponent here. Lima Senior beat Piqua 36 to 31 in week one. Xenia lost to Piqua 17 to 7 in week eight. So everything seems to say Lima Senior by a little bit, but not a whole lot in this game. <laughs> I would say, uh. Yeah, I would say I'd kind of agree with that. But Oh, I could go either way. This one feels iffy to me. Most 7 versus 10 seed games do get a little iffy there. That's at least how they're supposed to be. Just an interesting stat here. I looked it up. Much like in the NCAA basketball tournament, according to the uh, Drew Pasteur's computer, more 9 seeds are expected to beat 8 seeds than the other way around in this sure. first week of the playoffs. So. I could see that. Close matchup. Give them something to fight for. Make them feel like they've been jilted. <laughs> jilted, huh? That's a term <laughs> I hear on a lot of football broadcasts. I'm sure. Oh, but anyway, our last game in Region 8, number five, Harrison. We know some people. Is that Harrison we know people in, Rebecca? It is Harrison. It is. We know some people in Harrison. Know nothing about their football team, however. It seems they are the five seeds, seven and three. It's like a lovely number- area on the Indiana border with lots of land. It is. Rapidly growing, it looks like. Lots of houses being Rapidly built. Rapidly growing. But they are hosting number 12, Sydney, which we know a little more about. Sydney is 5-5. Five and five. Harrison has 104 more computer points. And the computer says Harrison by 29 points Oof. With, an, with a 96% chance to win. 
Yeah, I think Harrison's got him on this one. Sure sounds that way. Like I said, don't know much about him offhand, but there's actually a lot of these games in the first round look like there's going to be one heavy favorite. And that's kind of what we all figured would happen when they expanded the playoffs from eight teams to 16 in each region. You're going to get a lot of games where one team is heavily favored over the other. But we'll also get some really nice 8, 9, and 7, 10 games out of the deal. So, And as we get down into the lower divisions, we have at least one region that looks like it might be loaded with upsets. So, Ooh, that sounds juicy. Yes, we'll get to that much later in the podcast. Moving down to Division 3, we have one game in Region 10. The 8-seed Bay Village Bay. I know you love it when I say it that way, Rebecca. It's it's just so enjoyable. So that would be Bay School in the Village of Bay Village, I guess. The B- Village of Bay Village. <laughs> oh, no. I just can't find a way to say this. That just seems like it's normal. <laughs> it just doesn't work. But either way, Bay High School, 8-2. and two. Hosting number nine, Defiance, who's seven and three. We do like Defiance. We do like Defiance. These teams were very close in the computer points. Bay had 6% more, not much. The computer likes Defiance in an upset by five points with a 62% chance they'll win. So you go with the computer points or with the the Ohio High School Athletic Association computer points or with the Drew Pasteur computer, do you think? Oh, I'm going Defiance all the way. Me too. Yep. Especially now we found out they seem to have a kicker, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> they just don't like using him. You know, Dad, spice it up. I could ask you to name the mascots for random teams that we don't follow. And I will flub on almost all of them. Take but a I guess take at a, Bay I Village take Bay. A random, I could take a random guess, though. So, yeah. It's not obvious for this one. What would be the mascot for Bay? Sounds like a fish. It sure does. Is that right? No. They're the Rockets. (laughs) The Rockets. Now, you would think that might be a better mascot for a school we have coming up in Region 11, where we have number seven, Bell Fountain, who's eight and two, taking on number 10, New Concord, John Glenn. Ooh, that would be a good one for John Glenn. They are also eight and two, by the way. You think there's something normal like the astronauts? I sure hope so. Uh, nope. They certainly aren't. They're the muskies. Ooh. Ooh, that because sounds better they're... for Bay Village Bay, the muskies. Though. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out they're that. right next to uh, Muskegum University, so. Muskegum, the muskies. I, yeah, okay, I can kind of see it. Although I always think there was a senator from Massachusetts whose name was Muskie. I think he was like Secretary of State at one time or something. Don't know why I always remember that guy. But... It was his last name. He was President Carter's Secretary of State. He was from Maine. Nope, I had it wrong. Edmund Sixtus Muskie. What was that name? What a middle name. Sixtus? Is his middle name? Like the number six and then T-U-S. A, that sounds oddly Latin. It Sixtus. does. Sixtus. So it was probably like a Roman emperor named Sixtus. Oh, I'm there. sure. Hey, another thing to Google. There was a pope. A pope Sixtus? Yep, in 1471. I would not have guessed that. There were so many of them, at least five. Really? I remember Pope yep. Piuses, but not Sixtuses. 
There was Sixtus the Fifth was Pope from fifteen eighty five to fifteen ninety. Short Six. reign. Back to Bell Fountain. Our computer says they should win by twenty two points and have an eighty nine percent chance of winning the game, which means we wouldn't have to worry about John Glenn High School anymore, right? Going on to Region 12, we're still waiting for our first game where two teams we follow are playing each other. And guess what? There's not going to be one in Region 12 either. Maybe in the next round, right? Division 3, Region 12. Second-seeded Tip City Tippecanoe. 8-2 and two is taking on 15-seeded Mount Oreb Western Brown, who are 3-7. and seven. Do you know anything about Western Brown, Rebecca? I know a couple people who went to school there. They surprisingly have a fairly decent tennis team. Hmm. Um, don't know much more except they're the Broncos, the which Broncos. is fun, and their colors are brown and gold. I was hoping there was some brown in there. Yeah, it'd be a shame if there wasn't. <laughs> Obviously, as the two seed, Tippecanoe has the computer point advantage. The computer says they're a thirty-two point favorite with a ninety-eight percent chance to win. So I like Tippecanoe's chances in this one. Me too. Agreed. Next game, we're finally getting into some more WBL teams here. Wapakoneta, the fifth seed, riding that eight-game winning streak, currently eight and two. They are playing number 12, New Richmond, five and five, also from down Rebecca Way. Down Rebecca Way. I was at New Richmond once. I think they have like a River Days festival or something like that. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. The computer says, though, no fun for New Richmond this weekend. Wapakoneta is favored by 46 Mm. points. By the way, the computer does not let anyone be favored by more than 49. So if you're at 46, that's uh, that's just a rule that's built in or. Yeah, I don't know why. If this formula is run out there, I just figured by the time you're ahead by 49 points, that running clock won't let you score much more. I don't know. Fair. But I've never seen anyone favored by more than 49 points. As you will see when you get to Marion Local's playoff game coming up in the future. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> also from the WBL, we have Salina as a six seed with their eight and two mark taking on number 11, Hillsboro, who's five and five. Salina shocked me for sure this year. That was pretty impressive. They didn't really beat up on people a lot. They just tended to win games until Wapakoneta really put it to them. Yeah, the they did. But Salina, co-WBL champs, very impressive. The computer says they move on as 32-point favorites over Hillsboro in this game. And they won't have to play Wapakoneta if they win yet. They still get another week before they'd have to see him again. So, Hey, there you or go. Maybe even two. What a deal. Maybe <laughs> And our final game in this region, the fourth seed Vandalia Butler, the Aviators, eight and two. <laughs> I know some of these, Rebecca. <laughs> they are hosting number 13, Elida, who's five and five. Uh, the computer says Butler by 15 points, an 80% chance to win. That gives Elida a 20% chance to win. I'm still kind of on the Aviator bandwagon for this game. Uh, I am too. I like their mascot name. Also, they're purple and gold, which is much better than Elida's, which I think it's green. Feels right. I might be just thinking of Salina. Never mind that one. Purple's always good, though. Big fan of purple. Plus, when Vandalia Butler wins, they get a host Wapakoneta next week. 
Ooh. That could be a game. Mm-hmm. Elida is black and orange. Although Drew Drew Pasteur had Wapakoneta listed as his dark horse state champion. Really? Yes. I guess I was surprised at them being a dark horse, but they are ranked fifth, so that would make sense. Yeah, and they're on that eight game winning streak too, so mm-hmm. it felt well, more good. um likely than a outside chance to me. Toledo Central Catholic is sixty nine percent. Yes, that's the team. State champ. Wapak is only 4.9. Yes, well, even though they're the five seed, Drew Pasteur has Wapak favored to win this region. Unfortunately, he thinks nobody's going to challenge Toledo Central Catholic, who's undefeated with a 69% chance to win the state in Division Three. In fact, he has Toledo Central Catholic listed as the fifth best team in the state, regardless of division. So... If Wapa Connecticut gets out of their region, they're going to have a tough game. I'm guessing with how close Toledo Central Catholic is, that sounds like a state semifinal game. Mm -hmm. We should move on to Division 4. We shall do that. And look at that. We find another WBL team right there. We have the six-seed Van Wert, 7-3 and on the season. Another team that didn't win games by a lot of points, but they did win seven of them. They are hosting Caledonia River Valley, who is four and six. That feels like Van Wert ought to be a big favorite. They only have 31% more computer points, but they are favored by 23 points with a 90% chance to win in this game. It might just be the numbers bias, but anything that starts with a nine in the percentage chance to win, I'm, I tend to agree with. Me too. Oh, most definitely. I'm with you there. <laughs> Now that means it's a weird time, but 90% is hard to beat. So, potential bad news for number eight seed St. Mary's. They are six and four, riding a six game winning streak. They are hosting number nine, Wasion, who's also six and four. They only had 4% more computer points, so they're just barely the host team in this. The computer likes them, though, says they're 19 point favorites, but only an 85% chance to win, Rebecca. Why is it that big if their computer points are only 4% apart? Well, I'm guessing it says Wasion's played, or St. Mary's has played better teams through its season. Mm-hmm. It only racked up so many points, but thinks they're a better team. Hmm. Yeah, that would do it. I would tend to agree slightly, although the Wasion's from the NWOAL, not bad teams there either. But I still like St. Mary's. I do too. Let that let their win streak keep going. Let's we have what eight straight wins for Wapak and six straight for St. Mary's, and they're both looking good to extend that streak in the first round of the playoffs here. Oglaze County rules, eh? Yep. Sure. <laughs> At least so far. So far, yeah. Our next game in region 14, number seven, Bellevue. Seventh seed with a five and five record. Hosting number 10, Napoleon, also 5-5. Five and five. Ooh. These teams were close in the final computer points. Bellevue had 11% more. The computer says Bellevue to win by four points with a 60% chance at victory. So an interesting-looking game here between Bellevue and Napoleon. I could see a comeback or an uh, upset happening here. I could, too. I don't. I'd have to get my map out. Maybe that's Rebecca's job. I don't think that's that far of a trip for Napoleon over to Bellevue. Maybe an hour. How that. close they are 
points-wise and probably performance-wise, it hardly seems like an upset. kind of just seems like a toss-up. That's one that when we were doing our podcast during the season, I would have called that a toss-up game. That is right. Yeah, not not too far from, well, maybe maybe about an hour. And our last game in this region, a little tougher job for a WBL team. We have 15-seeded Lima Bath going on the road to play defending state champions Cleveland Glenville, who are 7-2. and two. Uh, Glenville is a 34-point favorite in this game, which gives them the dreaded 99% chance of victory. So it looks like one WBL team has its work more than cut out for them in this week. Take a guess on what Cleveland Glenville's mascot is. Glenville, the fighting Ted Jins. No. You're getting it from both sides. <laughs> They're double teaming me. Oh, no. <laughs> well, it's the tar. Is it? The tar blooders. Yeah. Tar blooders? Yeah. I have no idea what a tar blooder is, but that's a. That sounds I'm like I'm guessing a, they got bloody with tar. That sounds like you were walking barefoot right after they repaved the road and it ripped yeah. off some of your skin on your feet or something. Hmm. There's no gotta, history given for the tar blooder name. It's a school battle cry that started during the 1940s, indicating members of the Glenville athletic teams would whack the tar and blood from its opponents. <laughs> Oh, Thus, their not... colors are red and black. Great. <laughs> that, that's not violent at all, is it? No. <laughs> Moving down to Region 16, Urbana sneaks into the playoffs with their 7-3 and three record with the 15th seed. They get to play the two-seed, Chillicothe Unioto, who are 9-1. and one. But this may be one of the more interesting games. The computer only favors Unioto by two points with a 55% chance to win. Oh. An upset by a 15 seed would be quite newsworthy, I would think. I got a buddy from Urbana, so I'm rooting for them. That's for sure. He hasn't given you a scouting report yet on this Chillicothe team, huh? No, he's, he's their quarterback, so he, I usually text him after the game. And ask how it goes. Smart move. He doesn't need to be distracted beforehand, right? Yeah, they got Urbana got romped on last week by London. Well, we kind of thought that might happen. Yeah. But good thing they still got into the playoffs and they had a good draw here, apparently. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Seems good like week. they could have had a a rougher matchup. Absolutely. Good week here. Who knows who they get a seven or a ten seed in the second round? They can put together a playoff run. Yeah. Yeah. Unioto, by the way, is a combination of the two uh, townships that the the school district is in. Union and Sayoto. I would not have guessed that, but it makes perfect Unioto. sense. Unioto. Yeah. Unioto? Unioto? Sayoto probably is. I would. Who knows? Eh, they probably whatever. do. Yeah, someone probably knows, just not us. <laughs> not us. <laughs> now that Division 4 is done, it's time for our Team of the Week. You had and a fun time we, with that theme song. Unfortunately, we don't have our theme song yet. I'm still working on getting that done. Maybe before the end of the season, I can finally get it done. We'll see. I just don't seem to be real persuasive at getting people to sing for me, Rebecca. 
Like, well, I anyway. have friends who can sing, but that... May- maybe. 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 But anyway, our team of the week this week. You have any nominations there, Tyler? No. Nope. No? Nope. you. I had a hard time figuring this out. I finally decided to go with Columbus Grove because the Bulldogs faced off against our team of the week from last week, Bluffton. For the Northwest Conference title, Bluffton had not allowed a point in their last seven games. Columbus Grove scored 14 to win 14-7 and and take away the top seed in Region 22. So is this a situation where if you beat the previous team of the week, you get to become the new team of the week? Yeah, to be the man, you got to beat the man, right? As Ric Flair would say. (laughs) He also used to say woo a whole lot, but that doesn't really apply here. (laughs) I mean, if you ask mom, that always applies. So I guess we should look out for who's playing Columbus Grove this next week, huh? They could be our new team of the week, huh? (laughs) They sure could be. Although I'm thinking if Urbana pulls that upset, they'd be a strong candidate. I agree. By the way, we could see a rematch of that game. Columbus Grove is now the one seed, bluffed in the two seed in Region 22. That could be a regional final game. Looking forward to it if it happens. Columbus Grove, by the way, two losses, both in the first three weeks of the season. And they were two some uh, of the favorites in Region 26, Pandora Gilboa and Patrick Henry. No shame in losses to either of those teams, so... Columbus Grove looking to have a good season so far, and I'm sure they were very happy to take out undefeated Bluffton last week. Moving on to Division 5, Region 18, our number one seed, Liberty Center. Oh, I've learned something new about Liberty Center this week. Oh, yeah? That's hard to do for you. I received a message from the commissioner of the Northern Eight eight Eight-Man Football League. Mr. Joel Miller of Napoleon, Ohio. And he says the eight-man football state championship game will occur at Liberty Center in the Nippert of the North. Hey, that's pretty fun. Actually, he didn't say the Nippert of the North thing. I added that. No, that's that's an us thing. Yeah. (laughs) You guys. I thought for a second you were going to tell me that they were splintering off a a third team, a JV, a varsity, and an eight-man team at Liberty Center. No. no. That seemed a bit much. I do have more eight-man football news, but we'll save that for the eight-man football portion of the podcast. A teaser. We've got to listen to the end now. (laughs) They weren't going to You have to. You have no choice. You must stay here. (laughs) You must listen to the end. Okay, how is Liberty Center looking for their first round game? Well, let's just say that staying to the end might be a challenge for some of the fans at that game, as number 16 Bloomdale Elmwood is a 49-point underdog against Liberty Center this week. There is a common opponent for these two. They both played Evergreen. Liberty Center beat them 48-6 in Week 8. Elmwood lost to Evergreen 31 to 6 in week one. I think 49 points might be generous there on the prediction. It might be. Yeah. Sure might be. That's going to be one of the games people use to say that, hey, maybe we shouldn't have expanded to 16 teams per region for the playoffs. At least maybe. we think it will be. We'll see what happens, right? Also in this region, Liberty Benton took the five seed. They are hosting the 12 seed Morango Highland. 
No, I, that Ooh. can't be pronounced by Marengo Island. That's a fun one. Who are five and five. They used to be known as Sparta Highland. I'm guessing they built a new high school and moved it just out of the Sparta zip code and into the Marengo zip code. Yeah, I would say so. Liberty Benton with their nine and one record, 84% more computer points and a 24 point favorite with a 91% chance to win this game and to advance to next week. And look at that. Finally, we have our first game between two teams in our coverage area. Oh, wow. That took a while. It did. We'll start with Coldwater with their nine and one record, only the number six seed in this tough division, in this tough region. They are hosting Indian Lake, who's number 11 with a seven and three mark. The computer likes Coldwater a lot, says they're 36 point favorites with a 99% chance to win. We have two common opponents here. Coldwater beat Anna 37 to seven back in week four. Indian Lake lost to Anna 49 to 12 in week one. That doesn't sound too good. Mm-mm. They both also played Bell Fountain. Coldwater won 28 25 in week two. And what was a heck of a game? Yeah. Uh, Indian Lake lost to Bell Fountain 41 19 in week five. Either common opponent make you believe Coldwater ought to be a very good, solid favorite in this game. I agree. Cavaliers are having a really good year this year. Finally, in this region, Spencerville made it in with the 15 seed with just a three and seven record. The bottom of this region, not quite as strong as the top. Their reward, they played the two seed, Mylan Edison, who is nine and one. Computer likes Mylan Edison by 44 points with the old 99% chance to win. Things are not looking good for Spencerville this week. Nope. You think Mylan is, is, do you know that that's how that's pronounced? That tracks, oh. honestly. I would think, you know, the real one in Italy is Milan, right? Luckily, right. Milano. We in Ohio don't pronounce anything right. Yeah, we pronounce for sales wrong. We pronounce Houston wrong. We pronounce, ah, uh, there's more. Uh, <laughs> New Bremen. Yeah, I guess someone was complaining to me about that the other day. They they call it, call it Bremen instead of Bremen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no way. That's crazy. <laughs> Bremen, Germany. Yep. So it would it wouldn't line up that Milan would not be pronounced Milan. And I I think I've heard the one in Indiana called Milan before. Isn't that the what the the school where the the Hoosiers team wasn't that in Milan? The Hoosiers team. Yeah, the team they based the movie Hoosiers on, the small school that won the Indiana basketball championship years ago. I'm it's, pretty sure that no, was in it's my, entirely possible. I believe that was in Milan. Hoosiers. I have a cat we'll save on my that, keyboard. We'll save that when we expand it to a basketball podcast, which will never happen, by the way. No, I, if you do, you need another guest host. It is Tyler. Milan High School. Oh, gosh. Congratulations. You've been promoted. Woohoo! <laughs> Basketball. Basketball. Oh. On the same teams, but wildly different scores. Yeah. Well, except for you know, like Ada Delphus Jefferson, I could see seventy-four to seventy in a basketball. Very true. Very true. Did we wrap up the Milan Spencerville matchup? Yes, we did. <laughs> okay. I'm so also rooting down. for Spencerville. I think it'll be oh, fun absolutely. to see the Bearcats pull that upset. I agree. I'm just not expecting it. No, but it'd be a blast. Yes, it would. Moving down to Region 20, 
Milton Union got in seven and three with the number six seed. Of course, I think we predicted that many weeks ago. So getting in wasn't the big deal. They finished in the top eight. So they get a host their playoff game against number 11, Preble Shawnee, who is also seven and three. The points were pretty close. Even though it's a 6 11 game, Milton Union only had 11% more computer points. The computer likes Milton Union as a six point favorite with a 64% chance to win. And finally, both teams played National Trail this year. Milton Union won 27 12 in week one, Preble Shawnee won 28 13 in week three. This sounds Ooh. like a good game to me. Yes, it Tight does. Tight matchup. In this region, we also follow Miami East, who got in at 6-4 and four at the 14th seed. They have a tougher draw. They are playing number three, Brookville, who is 8-2. Brookville, the 38-point favorite in this game. <laughs> Both teams played Carlisle during the season. Brookville won 35-7 in week six. Miami East lost. 34 to 20 in week two. So all signs point against our friends at Miami East. Yeah, at least they have nothing to lose. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> and to be honest, even though they're not favored, there's nothing like the advantage of having that extra week of practice or two yeah. from the playoffs to get better for next year. Very true. Very true. Get, get a lot of time for all those underclassmen, start working on things. That's Partly why you start to see the same teams do well these days of all the playoff games, because as they keep advancing the playoffs, they just get more and more practice time built in. It just makes the team stronger for the next year, the more practice time you get. Not to mention frustrate the heck out of the basketball coach. Yeah. I think it's time to move on to to Division 6 there. Here's our team of the week, Columbus Grove as the one seed. And our potential new team of the week. Number 16, Kansas Lakota with a 5-5 five and five record. Kansas, of course we've got a Kansas, Ohio. <laughs> uh, the computer says Columbus Grove is a 41-point favorite. So if Kansas Lakota wins, I hereby proclaim them team of the week. Although I don't know if we can do that for a team we don't cover in our area. They could be honorary I mean- team of the week. We've done scores of the week from different states, so I think we're okay. Ooh, and we're going to again today, so I guess you are right there. <laughs> Unless the team of the week has a different standard. I think we can we can do that. So here you go, Kansas, Dakota, <laughs> if anyone's listening there. Forget the thrill of winning the playoff game. If you can win this, you can be team of the week. Columbus Grove's not going to be happy with us. We just gave Kansas, Dakota all that incentive. Well, if they win, they don't have to worry about it. They can keep the imaginary two foot tall, two foot tall, two inch tall trophy on their shelf, and we won't allocate it to anyone else. Oh, I think we will. <laughs> Even <laughs> if they win, someone's getting team of the week next week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not putting it aside just because a 41 point, 41, 41 point favorite wins. We're not canceling it just because of that. Why would we cancel it? You just do a repeat team of the week. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Of course, to our former team of the week, the second seed Bluffton. They are playing another team we cover, the 15 seed Paulding, who's six and four. The computer says Bluffton by 38 points. Not quite Mm -hmm. as much as Columbus Grove, but up there pretty well. 
a couple of common opponents for these two. They both beat Delphus Jefferson. Bluffton beat Delphus Jefferson 63 to nothing in week four. Mm. Holding won 56 to 25 in week three. I don't think those games tell us a whole lot. The next one does. Both teams also played Spencerville. Bluffton beat Spencerville 56 to nothing in week five. Paulding lost to Spencerville 35 to eight in week two. So all signs point towards Bluffton, I believe. And we'll wrap this region up with Defiance Tenora as the seventh seed, hosting number 10 Bucyrus Winford. Tenora seven and three, Winford six and four. The computer says Tenora by seven points. So we're within a touchdown. We're in borderline toss-up range here. We still have friends in Tenora. I'm a big Tenora guy. I'm going with the Rams. Me too. Because you don't know well, enough about Bucyrus. Because I don't know anything about Winford. No. <laughs> so I'm going with Tenora. <laughs> it's easier than researching Winford. That's for sure. They're the Lions. Ooh. In Region 24, we come across our second MAC team. Two seed Versailles, eight and two. A 21-14 winner over Minster last week. They get a play number 15, Troy Christian, who's three and seven. Would you like to take a guess how many points for sales is favored by in this one, you two? A lot. 49. 49 is right. <laughs> yes. And Tyler's probably as accurate as anyone with his guess of a lot. There we go. <laughs> There's no need to go into too much depth of that game, I don't believe. Moving onward, number four, West Liberty Salem with their 9-1 record hosts number 13, Lucasville Valley. That sounds like an Ohio River type team, which means that sounds like a long bus ride to me. So keep that in mind for this game. Computer says West Liberty Salem by 35 points. I'll say 38. I'll add on a couple more for the bus ride. I like West Liberty Salem by a lot in that one. Adding points for the bus ride. Absolutely. You've been that on really the should be a factor in the computer. I have. Yeah. Not a good time. The seats <laughs> are not comfortable. Next, we have two more teams we follow. We have number five, Tri-Village. Face a number 12, National Trail. Tri-Village 9-1, National Trail 4-6. These two played last week. Tri-Village came out on top 20-7. to So I'm making Tri-Village approximately a... 13-point favorite for this game. How does that sound? Okay. It, it sure sounds exactly like the number they beat National Trail by before. Of course, Drew Pasteur says Tri-Village by 30. So apparently, National Trail outperformed expectations last week. Let's see if they can do it again. Maybe even by a little more this time. They're going to have like to if they want the win. There might be a little bit of a fire under National Trail, especially losing last week. I could, I could see this game being a little closer than what people think. Following up, we have another game with two teams that we follow. The eighth seed, 5-5 five and five Anna. Not many 5-5 five and five teams hosting a playoff game. But they are facing the ninth seed, 4-6 and six, Allen East. So two teams that earned a lot of computer points for as few wins as they had. The computer likes Anna by three touchdowns, 21 points. Let's see. We have one common opponent here, Indian Lake. Anna beat Indian Lake 49-12 to in week one. Allen East lost to Indian Lake 
28-27 in week three. Mm-hmm. I got to say, I kind of agree with the, the computer here. I do too. Although Drew Pasteur's computer is um, famously biased in front of in in favor of MAC teams. I mean, with with good reason historically. Yeah. Well, we shall see here with this next game, number eleven Parkway, with a two and eight record, thanks to that win over nine and one Pioneer North Central. They'll be traveling to Bainbridge to play Paint Valley. Who is seven mm-hmm. and three? So you got a six eleven game. The computer likes Paint Valley only by nine points, though. So Parkway's in with a shout, according to the computers. That sounds like a bus trip to me, though. That sounds like your one and a half to two hour bus trip there. So, well, the first Bainbridge I look find when Googling is in Washington. So that's not it. That'd be a heck of a bus trip. That'd be a heck of a bus drive. Bainbridge is a census-designated place in Ohio, much like my town. That's Not true. incorporated. High school is somewhere. It's somewhere, huh? I'm 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 scrolling out. Uh, it's near Chillicothe. Okay. Yeah, that feels like an hour and a half to two hours or so bus ride to Parkway, or for Parkway to them, I should say. Correct. Rockford, Ohio, two hours, 44. Ooh, even more than I thought. Yeah, that's a tough one. Good news, Tyler. I bet the Parkway football team gets out of school early on Friday to make that bus trip. Yeah, uh, that wouldn't be worth (laughs) two hours and 44-minute drive, though. With no traffic through Dayton, so um, probably longer. And if the drive there's not bad enough, you have to go back home after. Yeah, they better hope they win. Honestly, oh, that's the worst part. Yeah. That's going to be like a 1 a.m. arrival in Rockford. Mm-hmm. But again, with a week. Kind of a, a weird experience driving into town past midnight after a sports event. Surreal. Mm-hmm. Kind of liminal, spacey. Well, I, I wouldn't know. My golf team. First of all, never rode on a bus, and second of all, we never got back that late from it. <laughs> I have no personal experience with the phenomenon. We used to ride in a teacher's car, Tyler. Oh, gosh. We got a van now, so that's a little different. I'm trying to think if I ever did that for academic team. I think we had the van for that. I feel like one time we might have driven in. Hmm? Oh, well. All right. Here's the part I've been waiting for. Scores of the week. Oh boy! For our score of the week, we're gonna see. We're gonna see if uh, Tyler's football rules knowledge here. Oh boy! Oh gosh! Now this is something I was familiar with. I actually saw it happen in a state championship game, and at Minster one year, the coaches actually had a plan to do this. So, our score of the week is from South Carolina. And you're going to like this. (laughs) PD Academy 31, Northwood Academy 30. PD, by the way, is not P period D period. It is P-E-E-D-E-E. I have no idea why. (laughs) But they are the PD Academy. Northwood Academy was ahead by two points, 30 to 28. They were forced to punt with under 20 seconds left in the game. PD Academy's punt returner did a fair catch at the 45-yard line of the punt, so not the longest punt, but 
And then he was hit while making the fair catch for a 15-yard penalty, which moved the ball to the 30-yard line. So as the crowd was gearing up, getting ready for the big Hail Mary 30-yard pass to the end zone to see if they could win the game, PD Academy instead ran the kicker out for a 40-yard free kick, which no one in the stands seemed to know anything about. Are you familiar with the free kick there, Tyler? I think I actually saw this video on like the internet. That's probably where I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> for a free kick, after you fair catch a kickoff or a punch, you're allowed to run, run the kicker out. He gets to set up the tee. The defense has to stay 10 yards away, and the kicker gets a free kick to try to make a field goal from the spot where the fair catch happened. Now, they probably would not have done that from where he did the fair catch, but with the 15-yard penalty, it was only a 40-yard kick. The kicker blasted it through the uprights, and PD Academy gets the one-point victory. Now, back when, uh, do you remember the name of the really good Minster kicker about eight years ago? Was it Jason Schultz? There you go. Thank you, Tyler. Back when Jason Schultz was Minster's kicker, I know the coaching staff had that prepared and ready to go. Of course, about the only time this ever happens is right before halftime or right before the end of the game. Because otherwise, whenever you get the ball, you try to drive down for a touchdown, not try to kick a 40 or 50-yard field goal. But I saw this tried in the state championship game once. It fell short. But once again there, all the crowd's going, what are they doing? Because no one knows that rule. By the way, the, it's called the fair catch kick. It's a rule in high school football and the NFL, although I have not seen it in the NFL ever. I have not either. It is not a legal play in college football for some reason. Just <laughs> high school and the NFL, which is odd enough by itself. Yeah. So I thought I could stump Tyler, but it turns out he watches videos on the internet also. huh? <laughs> yeah. So do I, but I don't get football videos recommended to me yet. Yet. I'm sure they're listening. <laughs> Your phone is listening, Rebecca. Mm -hmm. I thought after that one, no other score would compete. So we have just one score of the week this week. Okay. That brings us to Division 7. We'll start with our favorite region, Region 26. Seven of the eight games involve teams we cover here, Rebecca. I mean, at least that means we've cut down on the number of games to talk about. We can do double duty. And there'll only be four games next week for sure. So we'll start with Waynesfield Goshen undefeated. We said they might start moving up into their top four. They did. They ended up third in this region. They are hosting number 14, six and four Eden. The computer likes Waynesfield Goshen by 23 points to stay undefeated. I've only seen Eden play once, and that was about 20 years ago, so I don't think it's that relevant, to be honest. Although I did enjoy the stadium, which they refer to as the Garden of Eden, by the way. Honestly, I'd be disappointed if they didn't. Yeah. I was also there as a reporter for J.J. Huddle, which was just meant that I applied and got a sideline pass and got in the game for free. <laughs> but afterwards, we went to the post-game press conference, which... They had set up, and there was a whole Subway party sub there, and there were two other people besides me and the friend that I brought along, so we all ate well. I'm so glad. <laughs> Our next game involves two teams we cover. Number four, Antwerp, who is 9-1, is hosting number 13, Arlington, who is 6-4. and four. 
I thought, sure, these teams would have common opponents, but they do not, surprisingly. The computer likes Antwerp by 14 points with a 78% chance to get the win in this game. I kind of root for both these teams. I, Antwerp's the, uh, the, the archers and Arlington's the red devils, and I like that both. I think those are cool. <laughs> hey, if you can't pick victors based off of mascots, what can you pick them based off of? I can't disagree with you there, that's for sure. <laughs> That's usually how I make my March Madness brackets. And you usually do pretty well, right? Uh, No worse (laughs) than people picking by ranking alone. Our next game is kind of unique here. The five seed is eight and two Patrick Henry. They are playing the 12 seed who has a better record, nine and one Pioneer North Central. North Central's one loss was to two and eight Parkway on the season. Oh, Patrick Henry plays in a conference that has all teams in higher divisions. So the computer says Patrick Henry by 33 points. I I would have to agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't disagree one bit. I see Tyler nodding his head there. He's a Patrick Henry guy. huh? Uh... (laughs) (laughs) See, I would love to like see some upsets, but. This one's not happening, so. I don't think so. <laughs> they're going to listen promise... to this, and they're going to get so angry. And they're going to go out and win the game to prove us wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, well, hang in there, Tyler. I promised you an upset region, and it's still coming. So It's still coming. But first, we have number six, Macomb, at 8-2, and two, hosting number 11, Upper Soto Valley, who's also 8-2. and two. This also does not appear to be one of those upsets. The computer likes Macomb by five touchdowns in this game. <laughs> one common opponent tells us very little. They both beat Moral Ridgedale. Macomb beat them 61-16 in week six. Upper Scioto Valley beat them 50-14 to in week five. Not a good enough opponent to really tell there, I don't think. But Macomb, tough team. Surprised they have two losses, to be honest. And I don't think it's going to become three this week. My personal pick on that game. Me too. I agree. Our next game, we have number seven, Lima Central Catholic, six and three. I don't know if you were following the updates from the Lima Central Catholic Fort Larmy game last week, Tyler. Yeah, I was uh, asking my buddies because they end up going to that game. Oh, really? Yeah, it was an afternoon game. Yes, it was. And it made a difference. If The winner of that game made a difference in who are Minster Wildcats. Yeah. Played in their first round playoff game. So if Larmy would have won, we'd have moved up to number four and had to play a fellow Mac team in the first round. Ooh. So we were kind of rooting LCC, although, you know, you got to be careful who you root for. It kind of comes back to bite you later if you uh, mm-hmm. root to play a certain team too much, right? <laughs> yep. But in this case, LCC as a seven seed is hosting number 10, Defiance Ayersville, who's eight and two. Uh, just a side note, LCC plays in the same stadium as Lima Senior. Lima Senior has a stadium booked for their playoff game. So LCC is going to, I think it was Lima Bass Stadium for this game this week. So they get to stay in the city of Lima, but not their normal stadium. Computer says it shouldn't matter as LCC is a 26-point favorite in this game. And that's another one of those teams. We see a few of them in the on the list, LCC. Fort Larmy, we run into Lucas quite a bit. Those teams of independent schedules, mm-hmm. quite often better than their record looks because they 
have to search far and wide for games, and they generally end up playing a pretty tough schedule. The 8-9 game in this region is Pandora Gilboa at 7-3, hosting number 9 Lipsick, who's 8-2. Lipsick beat Pandora Gilboa 21-14 in Week 3. But the computer thinks Pandora gets its revenge by 12 points in this game. And just from what I've seen, little glimpses of both teams from WOSN and the like, I agree with the computer. I like Pandora Gilboa quite a bit. You're not selling this upset region very hard. It's not this one. Mm, Feels like that could be an upset game, though. It could be. But just wait till we get to Region 28. (laughs) Okay. Just, Just you wait. And we'll wrap up Region 26, the 15th seed Convoy Crestview with a 6-4 and four record, traveling to Tiffin Calvert, who are 8-1. and one. The computer says Tiffin Calvert by only 7 points, though, for a 2-15 game. So this is definitely one to keep your eye on. We have to go up Convoy Crestview just because they're in our coverage area. So we got to root hard for them. We sure do. We sure, sure do. And that would lead to them. A win in this game, and they'd get the winner of the LCC Ayersville game. So, good local matchup. Should Convoy Crestview pull off the upset? All right, Tyler, I promised it to you. Region 28, by far and away the region with both the most interesting and the least interesting first round games of all the regions we follow. <laughs> what a way to sell it. So, if you're looking for a game to go to, we'll tell you which one's not to go to. And which ones to think about. (laughs) And we'll start with one of those maybe not to go to games. The top seed, Marion Local, undefeated, facing four and six, Tri-County North, the 16 seed. This is one of them the computer just topped out. It says it threw up the white flag and said, I don't know, Marion Local by 49. Good enough. (laughs) I agree with that one. Hopefully, Marion Local will have some challenges on their run this year. I don't expect this to be one of them. Nope, not at all. Next, we have the two-seed, Ansonia, having a heck of a year, 10-0. Fans I know from down in that area says people are ignoring Ansonia. They're a whole lot better than they're getting credit for. Uh, they like will they're not... getting a good amount of credit, though. Well, we try, right? I mean, second seed is pretty good. Oh, yeah. But I'm sure all these teams getting in the playoffs said, we have a choice between playing Marion Local or Ansonia. Oh, well, sure. And they're not bothering to look to see how good Ansonia is. They're just assuming they're not as good. Fair fair point. Fair point. We still may not know after this week, Ansonia plays number 15 seed, 4 and 5 Lachlan. Ansonia looks like a 45-point favorite in this game. Yeah. the The region's not starting out with very interesting games there. So next we get the three seed, DeGraff Riverside, nine and one, hosting the 14 seed, three and seven, St. Henry. Okay, nine and one versus three and seven should be a runaway, right? Drew Pasteur's computer says Riverside is a one point favorite in this game. <laughs> I like oh boy. I like St. Henry in that one. I really do. They're I was impressed team. with St. Henry when I saw him. Yeah, well, we didn't look the best either, but... No, but St. Henry was a couple of uh, untimely turnovers away from having a really good game that day. Yeah, they were. So, if you're looking for a game to go to, skip the first two, take the trip to DeGraff. Here looks like a fun one. Our next game, 
Number five, Minster, eight and two, hosting number 12, Bradford, who's, I have them down four and four. Officially, they're five and four, but one game was against the club team. So it was four and four in the computer points, five and four in reality. Bradford, if you remember, their record last season was 0 and one. They played one game, lost to Covington, came back, have uh, actually a pretty decent sized roster this year. Got themselves four wins. They played some league games. They played some independent schedule. The computer says it's a Mac team on one side and it's Bradford on the other. And the computer <laughs> says Minster by 49 points. Yeah. But to be honest, I'm impressed with Bradford for not being able to field a team a year before to four and four, five and four, whatever, and having 30 some people on the roster. That's, yeah, that's an impressive one year turnaround. Yeah. Plus, I still fondly remember those great chocolate chip pancakes I had at the Bradford uh, train stop a few, a couple of months ago. Oh, the train stop. Mm, They were fantastic. Your food memory memory is truly impressive. The hash browns were pretty good, too, by the way, but not as good (laughs) as those pancakes. (laughs) You heard it here, folks. You're going to Bradford. Go to the train stop and get chocolate chip pancakes. Yes, but not when I'm there. I don't want the place full. I have no plans to be back there in the near future, but sometime next year I'll go. Be warned if you see Bruce, turn around. He doesn't want company with his pancakes. (laughs) Well, we saw St. Henry. The computer does not quite predict an upset, but says there might be one. In this game, we get an upset pick. The eighth seed, seven and three, Cedarville is hosting. Number nine seed, Sydney Lehman Catholic, who's also seven and three. By the way, the difference in these two teams in computer points was 0.48%. Very small. So basically, the uh, Harbin computer says these two teams are equal. Drew Pasteur's computer says Lehman in a two-point upset with a 55% chance of the win. They both played South Charleston Southeastern, who is the sixth seed in this region. Cedarville lost 21-31 back in week eight, and Lehman lost by a score of 21-30. to So Cedarville lost by 10 points, Lehman lost by nine. This sounds like about as close as it gets when it comes to trying to predict it. Probably come down to, as the coaches like to say, it'll come down to the matchups. I'm not always sure what that means, but that's what the coaches like to say. It seems like maybe player-to-player matchups on the field. Yeah, I would think so. (laughs) <laughs> All right, next game in this region, number seven, St. Bernard Elmwood Place. Seven and two, playing number 10, Mechanicsburg, who's six and four. Just look at the names of the schools. I like Mechanicsburg already. Me yeah, too. Mechanicsburg is historically very good. The computer says Mechanicsburg wins in an upset by 25 points with a 92% chance of getting a win. So the, the computer agrees with our initial assessment. It likes Mechanicsburg. I could see that game being tighter than what they think it is. Still going to go Mechanicsburg, but I think it'll be close. They do have to make the trip down to Cincinnati. Right. Ooh, St. Bernard is a fun little town in that they've got, they did the best thing possible and have statues of St. Bernard's all over. So there's just dogs on the corner and it's very fun. They don't dress them up like in knitted outfits, do they? I I don't know. Oh, okay. (laughs) Some of them are painted. But I don't know if they've yarn bombed them with outfits. How if I miss that? Surely I know I drive right by the exit for St. Bernard all the time. I guess I never drive through. It's where the soap company is. Oh, I always love that building. St. Bernard Soap Company. 
Yep. Oh, yeah. It's an impressive looking building or set of buildings, I should say. It's it is. kind of run down these days, if I remember right. But... Oh, but, but more importantly, it's the town I have to drive through to get on 75 when the exit by campus is blocked up. So. So we have someone with expertise on the St. Bernard Elmwood Place football team. She drives through and sees the statues occasionally. I've driven through it four times. <laughs> Which puts her a step ahead of us, Tyler. I got yep. stopped by a train there once. Ooh. That's better than getting stopped by a policeman, I guess. Mm-hmm. Very true. Our next game in the Region 28 Upset Fest, number six, <laughs> South Charleston Southeastern. With a seven and three mark hosting number eleven Fort Laramie, who's five and five. Is this just going to be a line of unfortunate football teams who have to play MAC teams? And Mechanicsburg and Fort Laramie. And and Mechanicsburg, <laughs> the un the unofficial MAC team. Well, basically, this one <laughs> says closer though. Fort Laramie is favored by seven points as the eleven seed. Not too shabby. And our last game in this region. Cincinnati College Prep is the four seed with a seven and two mark. They are hosting New Bremen, who's four and six. Uh, the computer says New Bremen is a 36 point favorite as the 13 seed in this game. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Is that an upset or just? That would be something of an upset. <laughs> By according to the seeds, yeah. Yeah. When, of great local interest here at the home studio. The winner of this game plays Minster. If Cincinnati College Prep wins, I have a two-hour drive down to Cincinnati next week, Friday. If New Bremen wins, I sit here and New Bremen comes to us. So what a deal, huh? Mm-hmm. Rooting for the upset, I guess. I don't know. I like going to Cincinnati, though, too. Get some graders. Get some skyline. There you oh, go. yeah. Skyline Chili is the best. Ah. We've got a convert. We yes. did it. <laughs> You'll be Skyline. happy to know I did stop by Graders the other day and pick up my ice cream, so we're good to go. The freezer is already filled with the cinnamon something or another and the uh cinnamon and pumpkin. Cinnamon yeah. and yeah. pumpkin. Ugh. Two separate flavors. Not what I'd be getting, but that's all right. They're lovely. <laughs> the double chocolate chip for me, along with the uh boldly bear cat, of course. Of course. And finally, we get our eight-man football. As I mentioned earlier, I did receive an email from the commissioner of the league. He confirmed to me it is a four-team playoff, and it does start this week. Also, big eight-man announcement. Fremont St. Joseph has announced they are joining the Northern Eight Conference and starting eight-man play next year. Ooh! We have one more eight-man football team. A little bit of a bridge between Northwest Ohio and the uh, teams in Lakeside, Danbury, and Sandusky, St. Mary's. Horse Sebring McKinley still out on an island, but maybe that'll change before next season starts. So here's our games at eight-man football. Our first two games here, the winners will face each other the following week at Liberty Center for the state championship. We start with the top seed, Toledo Christian. Tops in the conference, seven and two overall, playing number four Lakeside Danbury, who's only two and six. Toledo Christian won this game in week six at Lakeside Danbury, 54 to six. I'd Ooh. say Toledo Christian, heavy favorite in this first semifinal game. I'd yeah. agree with that. Mm-hmm. The other semifinal, Holgate, is the two seed. They are seven and one on the season, but their one loss was. To Toledo Christian, if I remember right. Yes, it was. 
They host Sandusky St. Mary's Central Catholic, who's the three seed with a six and two record. This looks like a better game. These two teams also played in the regular season. Holgate beat them 54 to 20, but way back in week two. Still looks like a Holgate Toledo Christian game for the championship next week. And you know what I think is kind of a nice thing? They said, even though you two didn't make the playoffs, let's have another consolation game so you can get another week of practice in here. Number five striker will be playing number six, Sebring McKinley. Strikers two and seven, Sebring McKinley one and six. Sebring McKinley, though, beat striker 44 24 in week eight. So could be a win for the lower seeded team here. We shall see. Cool. And that's it. That's all the playoff. How many did you say it was, Rebecca? <laughs> 47 games. 47 games. Ooh. <laughs> so. Does it, did any of them stick out to you? What is your of all the batch? Anything stick out to you as your games to watch? Uh, the New Bremen one. Alrighty, Rebecca likes the New Bremen game. How about you, Tyler? Still a big fan on Urbana, but that's just because one of my buddies is there. So I was leaning towards that one myself was my favorite one to watch for. But since you claimed it, hmm, I'll watch <laughs> that. I'll watch that St. Henry game then. Yeah, that'll be a good one. I'll watch that St. Henry game versus the Graf Riverside. Always interesting to see a 14-3 upset. Tyler's looking for a 15-2 upset in his Burbana game. Mm-hmm. Got a lowly 13-4 upset. 13-4. Uh, I feel like we're on college game day picking the uh what's the <laughs> what's their un, what's their underdog pick thing? I don't remember what they call it, Tyler. I don't either. <laughs> I, I watch it every week, but I do too. <laughs> Super dogs. <sighs> It's, yeah. It feels like that Super Dogs segment on College Game Day, Tyler. Is it really Super Dogs? Yes, yeah. it is. Ugh. They make the host have to pick an underdog, and they get more points for how much of an underdog the team is if they win. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. And some I mean, of them can't pick a winner to save their life. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're gunning for the points too hard. They need to balance it out with a bit of a realistic underdog expectation. We like can a do nice that, 14 it, and three. It seems like we'd just be stealing from college game day, though. So I don't think we'll make I, that a regular segment. Or should we? All art is collaborative in some way. Ooh, all art is collaborative. I like that. I don't understand it, but I like it. All right. It means there's nothing original in the world anymore. We're all building off of each other's experiences. Doesn't give you the right to plagiarize, though. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I thought we had a loophole. Not quite. (laughs) Anyway, we got through the first round of the playoff preview. If you have any comments or questions on this preview or feedback for the next one or ideas on what we can not plagiarize but collaboratively create to improve our podcast, you can send those to us at bdmonin at nkltelco.net or submit them on Twitter to at Bruce Monin. And as always, please subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or on iHeartRadio. Just search for Bruce Bond's Computer Points. Not too difficult. How do you find it, Tyler? Twitter. Twitter. He Every- looks for my oh. Twitter posts, huh? Hey. Follow, so it's always popping up first. So it's a good thing I put that link on Twitter every week, huh? Mm-hmm. Sure is. And on a, a bit of a sadder note before we go out, I'm afraid I have to mention we lost one of our more dedicated listeners this week. My uh, my father-in-law, Rebecca's grandpa, 
passed away on Saturday on a bike ride, the way I plan to go someday. I don't think he cared much for high school football, but he knew I did. He knew Rebecca and I did a podcast, and he always checked in to see how Minster was doing every week. Always listen to our podcast. Good guy. We're going to miss him. And as always, be sure to tune in again next week on Bruce Modern's Computer Points. So long, everyone. <laughs>